Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings to all of my unlucky lounge rats throughout the multiverse. It is wonderful to see you have walked back to the unlucky lounge for another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this local establishment, and joining me as always is the Earth sign that is the Lur sign? That didn't work. His name is Borok, my bear buddy. It's almost time. <laughs> Yes, Borok, excitement is infectious, and we have a real reason to be hyped today, because a card might just find its limited match made in heaven. But before we figure out what that card's match might be, we need to do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, B-L-E-A-V, either online or wherever you download your podcast. Great content from a bunch of various different topics. Enjoy their shows. It's great stuff. Also, this show is made for all of you out there, my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. A big thank you for tuning in week after week to help make this a community that supports and loves each other in these times. We've had a lot of new listeners in the last month or so, so for all of you who are joining us, welcome to the Unlucky Lounge Rat Nation. And to all of my veteran Unlucky Lounge Rat listeners listening for a month, two, three, four, five, six, whatever amount of time it's been, a big thank you. Your love and your support helps this show keep going. And speaking of support, you can support us by finding us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram at Corey Demone Enriquez. And if this show has given you some joy, consider joining our Patreon, Draft and Draft, an MTG podcast. You truly help keep the lights on here in Monoscrew Manor. Well, the housekeeping is done. The sorcerer's broom is put back into the conjurer's closet, and it's time for our exciting episode. You see, we are only a few short days away from Magic's newest set hitting stores and computers worldwide, and that is M21. Core Set 21 is coming to us oh so very soon, and it's time for us to put one of the most flavorful cards into our icon of a game show known as Excess or Makes Sense. That's right. We are going to see if Truffle Snout can find its one true limited pairing. But before we get to that, no matter where you are, no matter what you're drinking, let's celebrate all of you out there. A tradition known as the untapped step. Ah, always feels good after a full day of spoilers. And speaking of spoilers, it's time to put one of those spoiled cards up to our main event. It's time for our very special show known as Excess or Makes Sense. Borak, get us into it. Thank you, one and all, and welcome to another edition of everyone's favorite limited game show, Excess or Makes Sense. It's where we take one of the cards in the coming magic set and bring it here on the stage to find its one and true limited match made in heaven. The one card that hopefully will take you all the way. 
to victory, of course, I mean. What else could you be thinking about? Well, we have quite the card joining us in our game show here today. It is perhaps one of the most flavorful cards, one of the most adorable cards, and what could arguably be the most flexible card in all of M21. Please give it up for the one and only Truffle Snout. Truffle Snout, it is great to have you on the show, but I need to know, are you ready to find your one and only limited match? Don't you worry, we have a craft service table ready for you, but first, the game, and we need to introduce Truffle Snout's two potential limited matches made in heaven. The first one, coming all the way from up high in the skies, it's a little card we like to call Griffin Airy. Ooh, do you hear that, Truffle Snout? Griffin Airy is a feisty one. No, I don't know how griffins taste. It's a weird question. Anyway, our second match for Truffle Snout is a 1-2 for 1 in a white, has two activated abilities, and is ready to fight for your match. Give it up for the one and only its tempered veteran. Why, hello there, Truffle Snout. You know, I promise that if we're on the battlefield together that I won't bore you to death. You know what, Temper Veteran, afterwards, you gotta give me some lessons, because after I make bad jokes like that, the audience just boos me. Well, Truffle Snout, those are your two limited matches made in heaven. The question is, which one are you going to choose? One is a creature that is better enabled when you put the counter on you. The other makes a 2-2 evasion flying creature when you gain the life. It's gonna be a tough choice between the two. It seems like it's a pretty... Uh... Folks, it looks like Silver Smote Ghoul just arrived and it's going to join with Griffin Airy. Whoa. I mean, now on one side, you get to make flyers and get card advantage with this 3-1 that comes back when you gain life truffle snout. It's kind of hard-pressed at this point not to choose the duo of Griffin Airy and Silver Smoke Ghoul. You get creatures and card advantage all in one. What else could... And in an adorable yet somewhat unusual turn of events, a Pride Malkin wanders over the way to Tempered Veteran. <laughs> You're right, Borok. Things are getting a little bit out of hand. We've got griffins and kitties and veterans. Oh my. A big thank you from George Sakai in his reading of Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, there's a lot going on right now, Truffle Snout. On one side, you've got Griffin Airy and Silver Smote Ghoul, representing your synergies with gaining life. On the other side, Pride Malkin and Tempered Veteran. Your two different modes go well with both different strategies, but which one could possibly be your limited match made in heaven? I have no idea, and I don't think I could... Oh, no. Almost as if it was scripted to make things more confusing, here comes Indulging Patrician joining Griffinary and Silversmoke Ghoul. Yes, thank you for the introduction, Corey. You see, Truffle Snout, if you choose <laughs> our side, I promise your life won't suck. <laughs> Again, the cards getting the laugh with a bad pun? Ugh, wish I was made of cardboard. 
You may not believe in yourself, but I believe in you. What? Out of nowhere, Conclave Mentor enters the game as well. This is ridiculous. You're right, Borok. Things are getting out of hand. To my unlucky lounge rats, let me paint you a picture. On one side is the Life Gain Squad, which includes Griffin Airy. It includes Indulging Patrician and Silver Smote Cool. Counters are for chumps. Well articulated, Silver Smoke Ghoul. On the other side, Tempered Veteran, Conclave Mentor, and Pride Malkin. So as you can see, that Clearly, that is one angry kitty. Two sets of diametrically opposed mechanical underpinnings for M21 vying for the pairing of Truffle Snout. Only one way to decide who's taking home this adorable boar. That means it's time for a showdown! Life Gain Squad and Counter Crew, you know the deal. No holds bar, fall counts anywhere. First pin shall take home the true pairing of the Truffle Snout. The match will begin when Borok rings the bell. And the match is underway. Right now in the ring is Conclave Mentor followed by Griffin Airy. They're both jockeying for position to try and find an opening, but it looks like after a failed swing from Conclave Mentor, the Griffin Airy comes out pecking at its foe. Knowing that it is outmatched, Conclave Mentor goes for the tag, and it brings in Pride Malkin! And everyone knows that cats and birds are natural enemies. <coughs> Knowing that it is outclassed, the Griffin Airy barely makes it to the corner with a final slash from the Pride Malkin, and the Griffin tags in the Silver Smoke Ghoul. The zombie makes its way into the ring with the cat. The cat seems a bit confuzzled because the lack of body heat seems to be putting the cat at a slight disadvantage in this fight. You can't see me. Ferocious taunting from the zombie seems to have caught the Prime Malkin completely by surprise. The lack of body heat seems to have given the zombie a bit of stealth against the kitty, and that has brought the Prime Malkin to the corner and tags in Tempered Veteran. Tempered Veteran comes out with a rage, swings at the zombie, and direct hit. Is only a flesh wound. The usage of the sword has apparently enraged indulging Patrician and it has now entered the ring without the tag and now it looks like, yes, the entirety of the two crews are in the ring, duking it out, all chaos has erupted in the ring. Oh, the humanity, oh, the savagery, I haven't seen something like this since the great fight with Bob from accounting and we all know what happened with Bob from accounting. With the mass hysteria in place, we have to go to the target of the affections, and that, of course, is Truffle Snout. Truffle Snout, what are you making of all this? And Truffle Snout is eating the entire craft service table. Tru Truffle Snout, what? There's an entire fight breaking out over you right now, and you're just eating a ham sandwich? Give me that ham sandwich. <laughs> Whoa, 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 calm down, kid. I, I didn't eat it. Oh, just here. Okay, fine. Here, here's the ham. Take your sandwich back. Just eat. Enjoy. Oh, my gosh. 
Apparently you don't get in between a truffle snout and its mid-afternoon snack. Well, the fight continues on in the ring as all six cards are vying for the affections of another one that just doesn't care and wants to eat the entire buffet. Truly, like Honey Badger, or even Honey Mammoth, Truffle Snout just don't care. Well, we'll give it our best Tolarian Community College go and bring some semblance back to the show, but first, a quick commercial break. Uh, Borak, what are we going to do about this? I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Well, welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats from that break and the cacophony that happened not just a few minutes ago in the event hall. Borak, I can't make heads or tails of that. <laughs> Perplexing and bewildering, perhaps, but what we can make heads or tails of is how Truffle Snout is going to be performing in M21 Limited, or at least take a strong estimation of what we might want to do with it when we find it in the pack, and I find looking at cards like Truffle Snout, when we see them in the spoiler list, it's such an important signpost common for us to take a breath of. Take for example Fire Prophecy in Ikoria. That card is arguably one of the best pieces of removal that we've seen in a very, very long time and while blood curdle is certainly an appealing piece of removal i think fire prophecy at what it does not just destroying a creature but also making a poor draw into a better one makes it one of the signpost commons for the ikoria format and i'm willing to guess that a card like truffle snout is going to play a very very similar role and why is that well just looking at the card it's quite flexible. And for those of you who have yet to really take in the glory of the Truffle Snout, allow me to read to you what this card does. It's a 2-2 for 2 and a green. When it enters the battlefield, you choose one of two different modes. Either put a plus one plus one counter on Truffle Snout, or you gain four life. And these two modes act as quite a signifier for different draft archetypes that we are going to encounter in this core set limited environment. Take first, for example, the life side gain of things. The series of cards that were in our fight in the event hall, all of which trigger when you gain three or more life. And for the most part, all of those payoffs are significantly strong and are worth noting. Take, for example, Silver Smote Ghoul. It's a 3-1 for three that when you gain three or more life in a turn, it returns back to the battlefield, and it can sacrifice itself to draw a card. The equity of this card, if you can get a life gain engine every turn, is something to be reckoned with. It's a 3-1, so it can block well. It evades removal by drawing you a card and coming back. It just 
is this persistent threat that needs to be dealt with and there's not a lot of exile cons that are going to do it reasonably well and so when i look at an interaction like truffle snout and silver smoke ghoul i grin and i put it on the hot button for something that might be a very draftable archetype so black green you are something that i'm keeping in the back of my mind but continuing down the list of things from the life gain squad, next is Indulgent Patriarch. And don't get me wrong, this card is strong. It's a flying black-white creature for three mana that when you gain three or more life in a turn, your opponent loses three life. And this kind of life gain draining effect can add up really, really quickly. And I'm pretty excited about what this card can do, even in the fact that it itself has lifelink. However, it is a 1-4 creature, so in itself it does not trigger its own effect. It needs something like a Truffle Snout to get it over the hump to get each opponent for 3 life. And it's not always going to be reasonably easy, and on top of that, look at the cost. It's a black-white uncommon signifier, and, well, Truffle Snout is a green card. So if we're already going down this route and trying to put together this combination and making this deck work, you've got to go into three colors. Now, three colors in a limited format is not unprecedented. However, the question is, in this Core 21, are we going to be able to draft three color decks? Well, from my initial look at the full spoiler, I'd have to reach the conclusion that... Probably... maybe? Well, we've got Cultivate in the format, and that's nice. We also have the Green Shrine, and don't worry, mine Lucky Lounge Rats, I've got quite a number of excited thoughts about the Shrines in Limited, believe you me. But it doesn't seem like a very splash-heavy format. The one thing, the one redeeming thing about going three colors is the fact that we have the ETB tap land and gain one life in the land slot. So there might be incidental fixing that exists around this archetype, and it doesn't quite reach that mark of three, but combine it with a few other things, maybe some extra lifelinking cards, then maybe it can get you into a place where we can go three colors and try to build this Abzan strangeness that has some lifelink triggers, so that's cool. But let's talk for a second about the first card in the fight, and that of course is Griffin Airy. This card is a signpost uncommon limited brewer's dream type situation. It's only two mana, and at the beginning of your end step, where you gain three life in that turn, you make a 2-2 white flying creature token. That's some real gas. And it curves Chef's Kiss mwah, perfectly with Truffle Snout. You go turn two the airy, turn three the boar, and you've got yourself two 2-2s, two one of which has flying. <laughs> I said 2-2. Two -two. Right, stop that! Silly! I'm a bit suspect, I think. All credit for that last cutaway gag goes to Monty Python and the Flying Circus, one of my bingeable shows during the quarantine. But back to the matter at hand, Griffin Airy curving into Truffle Snout is quite the thing. However, the one thing that I feel is important to know is a card like Griffin Airy, it does nothing the turn you play it. 
in order to make this card really hum, you have to trigger it at least two, probably three times before it goes from just being a pretty average card to a real role player. And Truffle Snout himself only gets you one Griffin when you play the card. And I don't know if that is necessarily a card that I would want to motivate myself to play Griffin Airy more. It's a good card, but you need some consistency to make this thing really work. Uh, and that's really the biggest life gain payoffs that I can see out of M21. There is another card, Light of Promise. It's an aura that whenever you gain life, you put that many counters on the creature that it is enchanting. This to me is in fact not a card that I am excited to play. I'm excited for my opponents to play it because when I destroy it with random removal either in response to triggers or enchanting it, I feel very, very good about that exchange. I would not start by playing Light of Promise. Maybe the format does something. Even if you get blown up by it once, I still would not play Light of Promise. Although, there is some cuteness with Life Goes On plus Light of Promise, where you could put eight counters on a creature. Right, stop that! Silly! Once more, all credit goes to Monty Python for the last cutaway gag. Well, that's about what I want to look for on the life gain mode of Truffle Snout, but let's go to the other side, the plus one, plus one counter side of the card. Let's take it first on the vanilla test. By giving Truffle Snout a counter, it's a 3-3 three, three for 3. Now, a 3-3 three, three for 3 in the past couple formats has not necessarily been the most impressive thing, but core sets are classic for being bread type formats with a little bit lesser on the power scale, and compare it with the life gain mode of Truffle Snout, and I would say a 3-3 three, three for 3 really beats a 2-2 two, two for 3 that gains you 4 life when it enters the battlefield. Now, Let's go ahead and look at the cards that we partnered with it and put in the ring earlier in the event hall. First, starting off with Tempered Veteran. This card is so interesting. It's a card that on its surface is a wonderful mana sink. For six mana, you can put a counter on target creature. But if you already have a creature that has a plus one, plus one counter, well, as they say, the rich get richer. For only one white and tapping the Tempered Veteran, you get to put an additional counter on that creature. And a rate of one mana to activate to put another counter on a creature is a fantastic, fantastic way to make a board more explosive. And in formats like this, looking at mana sinks like a Tempered Veteran that comes on curve relatively nicely, although it does fail the vanilla test of being a 1-2 two for 2, I do believe that Tempered Veteran is going to benefit strongly from a nice curve with a turn 3 Truffle Snout with a plus 1, plus 1 counter and start racking up that extra plus 1, plus 1 counter train all the earlier. So I'm a fan of these two cards together. Then after Tempered Veteran, we also have the classic Pride Malkin, the Kitty, the 2-1 for three with trample, fails the vanilla test, but then you get to put a counter on something. And then creatures with counters have trample. Whoa. We're in an archetype that's enabling a lot of counters very quickly and getting evasion off of an adorable kitty and a fantastic boar. Sign me 
up, and then Conclave Mentor on top of that, giving you that extra juice. Whenever a counter goes onto another creature, you get another one, and then some incidental life gain, which, granted, does fit nicely in the life gain package. I still think this card is much more suited in the plus one, plus one counters theme. I mean, it gives you more bang for your buck. And the life gain to me, considering that it itself is a 2-2 two, two for 2, is not quite there. You gotta hit that magic number of 3 before I really want that card, whatever it may be, to be considered for the life gain synergies. Now maybe you put more counters on the Mentor, and maybe these two things together work in tandem, but convince me, game. Convince me first. That covers the 3 cards that were in excess or make sense, but the thing is, the counter synergy doesn't stop there. There's some other really strong role players in this counter theme. Take for example, uh, Wildwood Scourge. It's the Hydra, X and a green. It gets X plus one plus one counters. And then whenever one or more counters are put onto a non-Hydra creature you control, you get a counter on the Scourge. Scales well with the game, reminds me of IVA Elemental, but actually just better and just happens to be quite well positioned in the other various things that are happening in the format. What about you want some kind of instant speed something, you say? Something tricksy, something to keep your big investments alive? Well, have I got a deal for you. It's a little card called Feet of Resistance. One in a white, you put a counter on target creature you control, and then it gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So you save your creature from a pivotal removal spell and get extra power and toughness on the battlefield. Another wonderful role player. But this card does raise a question to me, and that is the usage of protection. We've seen little smatterings of it. Protection from certain colors. In fact, there's hexproof from colors in this format in the rare slot. But I thought we were moving away from protection and going into indestructible. And every once in a while, we just see a little, let's say, Jimmy flavoring of protection in the sets. And it interests me. It does. And the fact that this is your choice of protection from color is another thing that draws my curiosity. How much will that mechanic start to make a reappearance? Because it is quite a lot to take in. Can't be dealt damage, targeted, enchanted, equipped, or basically done anything to buy with that color. It's a rather complicated defensive mechanic, and the fact that it's back is a bit of a head tilter in a core set, but it is intuitive, and it makes sense, so Watsy, I get you. Now there's one other card I want to talk about with the counter theme, and this one caught my eye, and the more I thought about it, the more of a flexible role player this card is going to end up being as well. It's Bossri's Acolyte, 2 white white for a 2-3 with lifelink. Okay, lifelink creature with more than one power, an interesting thing, particular with the life gain synergies. What else does it do? When Bossri's Acolyte enters the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two other target creatures you control. So this is a card that benefits strongly from curving out i.e. just like the green-white counters deck that we're starting to brew up here. In fact, I could see this 
kind of weird universe where you might just play the Hydra Scourger on turn two. If you're in a matchup that doesn't have a lot of damage-based removal spells or maybe removal spells in general, and then you get to curve with this card and you get an extra trigger because you're putting a counter on your three drop, I could see that being a potential play depending on your matchup. But this card is doing more than just the surface of counters. And also, we're looking at it, and yeah, sure, it makes sense with lifelink, but I did mention it before because it's got the same issue. It doesn't naturally lifelink for three life, so it's not triggering the other things. But this, in tandem with, say, a tap land, can get you a trigger. Bossu's Acolyte, though, I think is going to play well in another archetype we haven't talked about yet. Blue-White Flyers. One of the things about the flying deck is that sometimes the tempo can't catch up with the amount of damage that you're doing. You can make big tempo swings with Man of War effects, or in this case, the 5-drop flyer that bounces back a creature to your opponent's hand. A card called, scrolling and finding it, scrolling and finding it, stalling, roaming, Ghost Light. It's a 3-2 for 5 that when it enters the battlefield, you return up to one target non-spirit creature to its owner's hand. So this is a great little piece for the blue-white flyers deck because it makes up tempo, especially when you're not dealing with that much damage in the air with some of your flyers. It's just how blue-white flyers work sometimes. But a card like Bastry's Acolyte, putting a plus one, plus one counter on your two-drop Concordia Pegasus after you go into turn three with something else? Aha! Now there's the rub that we're talking about. Now, instead of swinging with a 1-3 flyer, you have a 2-4 flyer, and that big change is a massive, massive swing in the damage race. So Bastry's Acolyte was 100% another contender for a card that could have played Excess or Makes Sense. It's a common that I think is going to be a massive role player in multiple decks and has a lot of reach into different archetypes. So between things like that 2-3 for 4 and our very own Truffle Snout, look at some of these commons, particularly the permanent commons, the creature commons, as I think they're going to unlock some clarity for what this format has to hold. Well, since Truffle Snout is still busy sniffing and snacking away at the craft service table, I'm going to have to make my own judgment for what is Truffle Snout's one and only true limited match. And I think you can probably infer it from some of my opinions that I've laced out here, but I truly believe that you're going to put a plus one, plus one counter on Truffle Snout way more often than you will gain life with it. Three, three for three? Not too shabby. And a life gain deck? Well... It seems to be more black-white than it is green, and while Truffle Snout enables these life gain payouts, I think that we're going to see that getting that three-color reach may not be as efficient in this format as we might originally think it would with the presence of tap lands and Cultivate in it. Cultivate is an uncommon, and that's very notable. But my unlucky lounge rats, let's look at this holistically for a second. This isn't a Ravnica or multicolor set where the factions or the groups really denote what you're supposed to be doing with your decks. No, this core set is intended to be more fluid, more open, and I think this is going to resemble very much something that was present in Ikoria. These little pocket synergies, things like the mini reanimate package, the slew of menace effects, 
That's how I'm looking at our decks in Core 2021. You're not going to put together a full 40-card stack that's all about life gaining and getting benefits off of it. The same even goes for the counter strategy or blue-white flyers. You're not going to have all the flyers and all the payoffs in your deck, but instead, you're looking for those few cards, the ones that really hum and put the deck together, and making sure that while still being unplanned and still drafting a deck, you're putting into it different little bits of synergy to create a whole deck that isn't necessarily mono-focused, but instead focuses on consistency and finding the tools to put together your best synergy pieces in the deck. So card draw, filtering, looting, rummaging, those things are going to be higher on the premium list than they are in more expert and complex sets like Ikoria. Well, my unlucky lounge rats, that brings us to the end of another episode. Find us on social media, Corey Demone Enriquez at Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Draft and Draft Corey, or of course, our Patreon, Draft and Draft and MTG podcast, and take a browse of some of Believe's podcast shows. And if you have yet to tune in to Let's Draft, the arena-focused MTG drafting podcast, one that I love to listen and participate with, go and find them. Also, Zbex. She's phenomenal. Do all the things. Get involved in the community. And support everyone's right to fairness and equality in our time. Well, that drains another drink, so let's wrap this up. My name is Corey. As always, joined alongside Borok. And go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.